clutter takes up so much space in our homes, minds, time, and eventually our landfills. We live in a world that has shaped us into consumers on a planet that can't sustain the consumption. I am Steph McGuire, and the Sorted Out Sustainably podcast is here for the nature freaks and the freaks of nature who want to rebel from the consumerist culture and create a more intentional life. I am on a mission to help you be surrounded by the things that you love and let go of the things that you don't. I'm all about creating simplicity, sustainability, and joy in your home so that you can live a life closer to your full potential. I love stuff too much to be a minimalist. I've definitely heard people say that before. I practice minimalism and the thing is I love stuff. In this episode I'm diving in to how you can do minimalism and love stuff and even be able to really love your stuff more than without minimalism. Minimalism is all about intentionality The goal is not about minimizing your belongings to as close to zero as possible. It's about being intentional with each item that you own, making sure that it serves you. That doesn't have to mean that each item is extremely useful to your life. It can mean that some things that you own, you just love seeing in your home and that makes you happy. Intentional living begins with getting clear on what you actually value so you can part with the rest and have more freedom to enjoy what you love. Minimalism is all about improving your relationship with things. Having a crappy relationship with your things might look like constantly being frustrated with how messy your things are, losing things all the time, buying multiple items of things that you've shoved into the back of drawers, forgetting you own something, not having a designated spot for things, buying the cheapest possible items and filling a house full of them. A really positive relationship with things might look like making intentional choices on what stuff you decide to own, using them with joy, giving items a special home within your home, looking after them, and if it's not working for you anymore, giving someone else the opportunity to love them. You can even personify your belongings and treat them like they have emotions. Of course, they are inanimate objects and don't feel anything, but doing that just a little bit can actually help your relationship with your belongings within you. It increases gratitude and makes it easier to realize you can't sustain a relationship with the 300,000 or so items in the average home. Owning an overwhelming excess usually doesn't come from a mindset of abundance, but rather from a scarcity mentality. Through fear of not having enough, we can hold on to things that don't actually serve us. There's full-on hoarding disorder where there's some deep stuff going on, and TV shows like Hoarders can kind of take people struggling the most with it and turn it into a humiliating joke. We can hoard excess stuff without having hoarding disorder, but having an underlying subconscious fear or mindset causing it. A mindset of scarcity can cause us to keep an excess of items for just in case, fearing that we couldn't obtain it again in the future. Maybe we have personal or family history of real financial insecurity, or maybe we have a sense of scarcity programmed into our subconscious from decades of viewing advertising that's designed to make us feel like we're lacking something. 
Ironically, minimalism cultivates an abundance mentality. Feeling like you have everything that you need and feeling like you're creating an intentional environment around you is empowering. The idea of minimalism is not to be anti-stuff. It's really about loving stuff. It's all about focusing on the joy your stuff brings you and creating an environment surrounded by only what brings you joy. And yes, you're not going to feel joy for every single item you own. But when you develop a really good relationship with your stuff, then the items themselves that don't bring you joy, you'll feel joy for what they allow you to do with them. Like my garlic crusher utensil. It itself doesn't really make me happy. But I love garlic and use it almost every day. And I can't believe I didn't used to have one before I bought it. So the way that it serves me does bring me joy. And with mundane items like that, the longer the longer you practice minimalism, the more intentional you'll be with your purchasing decisions. So you're more likely to buy something you really do love. Whether it's because it's got a certain quality, it matches other things in your house, you love the design of it, or there's some quality about it which brings you more joy than if you just had any old thing. For example, instead of owning five cheap umbrellas that you're always losing amongst your clutter, you own one or two and get really quality ones that don't flip inside out in the wind and you get designs that really do bring you joy. Using the joy factor as the sole factor in how you decide what you buy or keep won't work though. Do you think that Marie Kondo goes to a beautiful shop or market or somewhere and doesn't feel a sense of joy looking at a lot of the things in there? I'm pretty sure a lot of things she comes across in her world quote-unquote spark joy for her and these days she's assumingly not financially limited to buy all the things that she loves. But you've got to think about the bigger picture. You need to serve as a gatekeeper to your home, making sure that what's coming in or staying in will serve you. Yeah, you can find a piece of cute clothing, but if you already have a bunch of cute clothes in your wardrobe that you really love, then adding more items because they were cheap and cute might not serve you as much as curating your wardrobe to what would really work for you. I'm not saying pick your favorites and you can only wear them. That approach is what serves some people, but most people do like a variety when it comes to things like clothes. I'm saying dictate how much stuff you have based on what brings you the most joy and simplification can bring a lot of joy. You can love something without having to own it. This became most apparent to me when I was in my late teens at a market with one of my more um, eccentric friends and he said something that stuck with me ever since. He pointed to a cool little trinket for sale in a stall and was pointing out how cool it was, and that it now belonged to him. At first I thought he meant he was about to buy it, then I thought he meant he was about to steal it, and then he explained that ownership is essentially only a concept, and then I still thought he was maybe justifying stealing it, but then he told me that in his perception he considered that it was his, but was deciding to keep it at the market stall for everyone else to enjoy too. It was more or less a joke, but that idea actually helped me in years after that. So-called retail therapy is the feeling that we get when we see something we love and get a thrill when we make it ours. Yet there are still so many items most people own that were bought and only worn a couple of times and forgotten about or still even have the tags on them. If you think like my friend, you can love what you see, but leave it in the shop for others to enjoy.
Unless the thing that you see is actually going to add to your life, then of course you can take it home and enjoy it. There are no rules here, other than the rules that you create to set boundaries around what you allow to take up your space and time. Practicing more intentionality when purchasing stuff means that you'll be able to buy better quality stuff. Not only will that make you love what you own more, it will all last longer and you won't have to replace it prematurely. That reduces the impact of what you'll be sending to landfills and also the impact of the production of that stuff. And better quality stuff is more likely to be made ethically and environmentally friendlier than crappy alternatives. That being said, just because something costs more or is better quality doesn't ensure that it was made ethically or environmentally responsible. So definitely try and look into what make so definitely try and look into that when making purchasing decisions. And finally, a big part of minimalism is auditing the belongings you already own and don't love. Doing this allows us to really appreciate the stuff that you own and that you do love. I'm all about having a good relationship with your stuff, including what you're getting rid of. Focusing on gratitude for what you're parting with is important. What better way to do this than thanking an item for all it has done for you, even if all that was was teaching you what you don't value, and lovingly giving it away to someone who can use it. I love stuff. I think it's so incredible that out of this natural world, we as the human race have been able to make so many different kinds of stuff that can add usefulness and joy into our lives. I love that I live in a home surrounded by everything I need as well as items that just make my environment feel better. Minimalism has only deepened a positive relationship with my stuff. So yes, you can do minimalism and love stuff. Thanks so much for listening to the Sort It Out Sustainably podcast today. I just wanted to let you know that I've been working on something pretty exciting. It's a minimalism mini course, perfect for anyone wanting to live more simply and sustainably and further align their actions with their values. It helps you get clear on what your personal values actually are, how minimalism can help you align with them better. We get into a bit of decluttering and you'll make a shift in your awareness of the sustainability of everything that comes into your house and leaves your house. It only takes about two hours to go through the program and can be completed in the spare time over a weekend. That's why I called it the Radical Shift Weekend. If you buy access to the mini course, I'll be making a donation to Eden Reforestation Projects to plant 11 trees. The best part of the program is that it only costs $11.11. If you want to get access now, you can head to my website, sortitoutsustainably.com and click mini course from the menu bar. I really appreciate you lending me your ears for the whole podcast episode today. I hope you take everything you believe will serve you from my episodes and use it to make your life simpler, more sustainable and more joyful. 